So when when a guy like Jeff Bezos comes in, or like Steve Jobs, or the or Schmidt, the guy that they're building Google, they're thinking they're not thinking about like okay, I need to compete against protein bar company ABC. They're like okay, how do I make all of them worthless, like totally worthless, and how do I just have mine? I want to take, I want to come to the park, and all these kids are playing their little games. I want to take their shit and just throw it away, and I want the park only for myself. Sean, we're back again for uh, another episode of Truth Bomb, man. How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well, my friend. Uh, pretty excited to uh, be here for another episode and to debunk, um, you know, a couple of, I think, myths around success, entrepreneurship, life, uh, peak productivity. Um, and that's what we try to do. We try to provide a different perspective when it comes to those really important topics, man. So I'm excited to introduce the Truth Bomb for today. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good topic for sure. I, I definitely have um, a good amount of experience, you know, dealing with competition locally. So uh, I definitely know what it's all about. Awesome. Yeah. So for today's uh, truth bomb, I know you've been introducing a lot of really cool truth bombs, and we're talking, um, basically, texting back and forth about like what would be a good topic and um, to debunk. And one of the things that I've held closely as I've grown uh, in my own levels of um, entrepreneurship, peak productivity, self-development is this idea of um, of competition, right? It's a very American thing that we have to compete um, and competition is good. It's healthy. Um, it brings the best out of us. It brings the best for the marketplace. It brings the best for the consumer. And, you know, I, I felt that to be true. I think like, you know, capitalism, generally speaking, like if you well work in capitalism, um, when there's a lot of competition between enterprising and enterprises and, and, and companies, um, it produces the best goods for the consumer at the best prices. That's how healthy competition really works to the benefit of the consumer. Um, but when it comes to like building a business or like a legacy or like massive success, um, having a lot of competition is sometimes not a really good thing. As a matter of fact, I feel it can get people stuck into a rat race where they're so focused on the competition that they're actually not doing anything different about that would set them apart. And so I want to talk about this a little bit about how being very obsessed with your competition, uh, which we talk a about a lot in American media, have your competitors everywhere and like go after them ruthlessly, how that actually could be very detrimental to your success. I want to break that down a little bit and, and why I feel that that could be a very bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can, I can give my personal experience with, with our retail store, um, locally. And then I can talk a little bit about like online competition, um, through our, you know, e-commerce site. But as far as our retail store goes, you know, where we are, I'll kind of give you a little background information, Cleveland, Ohio, there's really no, um, private retail stores. There, there's two, I mean, that, that's not a lot at all, um, in supplements. So, I'm one of them. And then I have a competitor about 25 minutes from me. Um, and, you know, early on my first couple of years, I would, I was very focused on what they were doing, what brands they were carrying, um, you know, just like their tactics and strategies. And I was, you know, almost kind of mimicking them because I, that's, I guess that's what I thought I should do starting out. Um, if they're successful, I figured, you know, I could try to do what they're doing better. Um, and honestly that it worked for, some extent, but once I started focusing my attention elsewhere, that's when I really started to gain ground on them. Um, and one thing specifically that I did, um, you know, you're going to talk about being a monopoly and, you know, starting out, obviously I'm not a monopoly. I'm, I'm a small little retail store. So what I did 
was find certain brands that, that were very popular that you can't find in this area and really push those brands very aggressively. So essentially, I monopolized those brands in my store. So I got exclusive exclusivity in my area for those brands that are very popular, and now he can't carry them. So it forced people to come to me. So even though my store wasn't you know, some sort of monopoly compared to his, I did have enough sales volume in those certain brands to where it forced people to come to me. And that was something that worked really well for me early on. Um, and I mean, they're still my top selling brands today. And you know, people come from all over just to get those brands at my store. So that's what I did locally. Yeah, I like that. So, so let's like delve into that a little bit. So there's this concept. Um, we want to succeed in life. We want to be number one. The problem is when you're number one, being number one is temporary because I was uh, watching a speech one time when Carl Lewis spoke his Olympic athlete and he said, somewhere out there, a kid somewhere in like some high school in America right now at some track is you know, working their ass off to beat my record right now. As I'm standing in front of you, he's going to come in there and going to destroy my record. Okay. So we know that records are meant to be broken in, in sports, right? You have the number one, then you have Hall of Famer, and then that record gets broken. That's, that's the point. So the real thing is like, if you want lasting success, you cannot vie to be number one. What you need to do actually is to make all the competition obsolete. And this is a very, um, you know, people say, well, this is a very red pilled kind of a way of looking at life, which is like, this is just the truth. And um, also it's very, it could, it could seem very destructive because actually what I'm suggesting here is that if you want to be the best at something, if you want to dominate the market, it's not good enough to be number one because the number one spot will be taken away. What you must do is make all competition moot, destroy the competition. And you'll see big corporations doing that on a consistent basis, like the really large ones. If you have you have Google and then there's like no one else. And then you have maybe Yahoo and Bing, but like in between, there's like no one else. Like Google's like market share when it comes to search engine, it's just like at another level where like no one can touch them, right? right. And then the same with, with Facebook when it comes to social media, same with e-commerce, like Amazon, no one's really going to beat them. I mean, they just like destroy right. everyone. And they right. do that in two ways. Either they acquire everyone, um, you know, left and right. And that's one way to do it. Or the other way to do it is to just make sure that those guys are totally left handicapped where they can never grow again. It's a total ruthless strategy, which means that I will not be going for the number one spot. I want to create monopolies in my area. And when you're when you're a monopoly, you're not the best, you're only, right? And so are we training today's companies to be only or are we saying, hey, you need to be number one? And now there's this tug of war happening. What's right for the economy, right? And what's right for the economy is healthy competition. Best yep. for the consumer. A lot of, let's look at the supplement space. You have 10,000 brands right now, right? On Amazon competing in the supplement space. There's a price war. You have a protein bar A, whatever, $1, then it's protein bar B. They can't charge $4 now. You can't, right. you're fucked. So now there's a back and forth. So like, how do you compete? So the only way now to compete is based, you have to be priced lower all the time. At some point, it's going to be the race to the bottom. We see this as supplements happening all the time. There's some like categories I will not touch and stuff. I just like, right. fuck, this is totally price, price gouge. So, 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 so the question is like, how do you still dominate? What do you do? So when, when a guy like Jeff Bezos comes in or like Steve Jobs or, the, or Schmidt, the guy that they're building Google, they're thinking, they're not thinking about like, okay, I need to compete against protein bar company ABC. They're like, okay, how do I make all of them worthless? 
like totally worthless? And how do I just have mine? I want to take, I want to come to the park and all these kids are playing their little games. I want to take their shit and just throw it away. And I want the park only for myself. Very ruthless way of thinking, but this is what has built the largest empires. And it's just a, a, a very, um, I, I think a, it's a weird way of saying it. And I say weird because it's not something people are going to come on a podcast and talk about because it's not politically correct, but that's why we're doing it on the truth bomb, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I think of the supplement space, really the only product I can think off the top of my head that's that is like that is really the outright bar for protein bars. It's it's basically a, a market disruptor where it's completely different bar. Um, it, it's outside the norm of what's currently out there, and it I mean it's taking over the market. That's all anybody talks about. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people will be following in his footsteps for sure with you know the bar that he came out, Mark Lobliner. So, um, yeah. outright bar is a good example. Yeah, and you carried that out of your store, so a little plug there. Uh, so uh, yeah. one good yeah. one thing. To, okay, now, now how, how do we think about this? So now I have a company and I have a regular product, right? So like, well, how do I create a monopoly? So the way to create a monopoly is that everyone has needs. Customers have a need, but sometimes if a customer have a specific need, there's nowhere else to go but to you. So how do you create that? So I have an example. So. Um, I like to talk about our own examples. You have Nutrifit or uh, Azith. So, but Azith, um, there's a lot of nootropic companies out there. I will say it, say this, but if you're looking for a nootropic company with like a community where you can talk to your consumers, there's no, there's only one. Nope. There's only Azith. There's no other nootropic company where you can literally interact with people. There's no Slack group. They just right. don't have one. There's like how many companies have like a group where you can just talk to everyone that's part of the team and you can just chat with them all the time. It just yeah. doesn't exist. Maybe so, a that's it. Yeah. yeah, it's very rare, right? So the point for being sure. is. If you're looking for a nootropic company, there's if you're looking for a supplement company, there's 10,000. If you look for a nootropics company, there's thousands or hundreds. But if you're looking for a nootropic company with a community behind it, now you're going to limit, you're going to get smaller and smaller. So the point trying to trying to make is that you want to be the only to serve a specific market. And then you can, it's very easy then to differentiate you with other players in the market. It's like, okay, do I choose shampoo A or B? I don't know. But if I'm like shampoo A does this specific thing and they're the only ones who are doing it, now you have a monopoly. And it's not as hard as we think about it. Like when I'm using examples like PayPal or um, Google or any of these things, it, it seems so hard. How do you even build something like this when you're you know, watching or listening to us? But actually, it's not as hard as people think. Just think a little bit outside the box and think about how you can tie something to your business or it doesn't even have to be a business, a project, whatever you're doing. How do you, even, even in your personal development, have something where you're the only one that can do that, right? So if you work in a company right now, you're working a nine to five and there's many analysts or there's many um, you know, paralegals or whatever you're doing right now. But like from all the paralegals, just specialize in one thing where like in the whole firm, no one knows something about this specific practice area, but you, you're just the only one. So when there's a case coming in and you're just the only one who knows about it, now you have created yourself as an expert. So right. find a way where you can monopolize an area um, and that ties not only to business, but also to personal development, I think is very important. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think retail, at least the space that I'm in is much harder um, just because, um, you know, you don't have your own personal brand. I guess in a sense I do as far as Nutrific goes, but you know, I represent tons of other brands that I sell. So I think that kind of makes it harder. Um, So I kind of have to look at other areas of my business to kind of create something different than other retailers aren't doing. And even though it's a marketing strategy, you know, you and I talk about it a lot, PostScript, my tech service, um, there's, there's no other retailers, at least my size that I know that are doing that. And, 
Um, not only do I send like marketing, uh, you know, discounts and things like that, but people reply to that and I talk to them too. So it's, it's just another form of communication that a lot of retailers aren't doing. And that's something right now that's definitely setting me apart, um, you know, from the competition in, in my, uh, my industry. Yeah. And it could be something, it could start with something small like that. Mm-hmm. There's many places to buy supplements from, but if I like want to make sure that I can actually talk to the owner before I actually, I want to make sure this is legit and I got a, a way to interact with the owner about like my order every time, do or I can ask them questions about like, is this right for me or not? Huge. Right. I mean, we see this in supplement retail all the time. Like, how come smaller independent retail stores are doing well? Why is your store doing so well, but GNC has to fall for bankruptcy? It makes no sense, right? Because if retail and supplement space is doing well, it means you should do well across the board. It's not. It's actually not doing well across the board because when people go to independent retail stores, they can talk to the people there. Hey, man, I'm looking for. Whereas, in, you go to GNC and they're like weird as hell. Like, I go, I go to GNC and it's just like they try to push weird things on me. And I was like, dude, like let's not go there. Um, so it's weird. Whereas when I go, I, I go to independent retail stores here sometimes, and I just go there because I can shoot the shit with the owners and they know everything about supplements. It's cool, right. and yeah. people feel safe like to go there and they can ask them for help. So, so building like. Uh, monopolies it can start with something small and it's just always about how you're differentiating yourself beyond pricing and you know sean and i will speak a lot about entrepreneurship because we are entrepreneurs and we build businesses but i always want to have a show and use truth bomb as a way when you don't have a business you have you're doing cool things in your life and you want to stand out always thinking about like what am i doing to stand out so much from everyone else that just like they can't forget me in your friend group socially like you have a couple of friends, like they're totally different. Like everyone else, they're just kind of there. But like, if that person's not there, dude, I fucking miss the whole vibe. Yeah, like yeah. that person brings something to that. Uh, we all have friends like that. And it's like, oh man, sure. where's that guy? Where's that girl? Like well, she, she or he brings something to the table where it's like so unique. So how can you position yourself to be a unique person where what you're bringing to the table is just not available anywhere else? Like being a totally scarce commodity that's not found anywhere else that can be applied across the board. Yeah. Um, and I really think people, like you said, it's, it's not as hard as you think if you think outside the box. And even um, like when you think about retail, especially with supplements, I feel like the industry got away from the customer service aspect. And, you know, you don't always have to reinvent you know, or you don't have to invent something when you, you could just reinvent something. So like customer service got away from supplement industry and, you know, stores that are really catering to that and, and catering to, um, you know, the customer relationship are, are doing well. So it's like, you know, you can reinvent old ways of doing things and, and still be very successful and stand out from the pack. You don't have to have this mind blowing, um, you know, idea to really be in a monopoly in some industries. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's totally true. It could be something small as thinking outside the box and it's even thinking about like investment strategies or people think what companies are valuable, what people are valuable in life, what people are, who do you recommend I should network with? Like if you're like uh, friends in school, like how do you know which friend is going to be a, go- a good person or which person is going to be totally drunk and degenerate? You know, always look at like who has um, what I call like some sort of like value add that is like totally scarce and you can't find anywhere else. Like if you want to make it in today's hyper competitive market, we talked that about it on, on the last episode, like how can you build certain skill sets that are just such high demand where just like no one else has it? 
like being an expert at something, I, I think that will never go out of style. Like you're just the person that people come to. Like there's a lot of consultants, but you know, people ask me specific questions about like Shopify or about like texting. Like I'm the guy that knows specifically about that. Now you're super valuable. Like you're just like right. that thing. I'm going to go to Preddy for that. Like and people know, like I've always been really into digital marketing. Like when it comes to digital marketing, people like, no, they got to, they got to give me a call. And that's always been my thing. Like that's what I focus on. Um, and that's been my thing. And obviously we're, I built a business around it with, with Justin and that's been great because that's my passion. I love like marketing right. and we built a business consulting business around it. And that's why it's worked, you know, because I have expertise in one specific thing. Um, and I think that works really well. Yeah. And I'm speaking of supplements, Noob, that's, that's like another monopoly right now, at least in our space, there's, there's nothing like it anywhere. Um, not even close. So that's why you guys are doing really well and standing out. Um, so yeah, like what you said, I think is totally on point for sure. Yeah. What, one more like important point to make, like um, I use supplement snooping as, as an example, like um, we can't like necessarily, I'm not the, the greatest coder or anything, but like there can be glitches in a platform and you have time to perfect something when you're not worried about the competition all the time. So like, for example, like if there's no one else competing against you, you have time to build your website. You can build mm -hmm. your email sequence. You have so much time because like no one's trying to work every day to take everything away from you. Like actually it's not happening. So like customers right. only have you to go to because there's no one else providing in that market. You have exclusivity. So like they can't go anywhere else. And you also have time to become better. Whereas like if you go in something super hyper competitive, whereas like 50 million people like on breathing down your neck, if you're a small company right now, like underfunded, like you don't have time to build something perfect, but the more competition there is, the more of a perfect product your customers expect, because there's already like 49 other options. You're just number 50. But if you're number one and there's just no other, anyone else, you can take your time. And I think time is very valuable. And as a small company or as a small player, you're going to, it's going to take time for you to perfect the platform. Right. So, and it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, I'll give an example with supplements. So we built an app. The concept was like, I want to have every single piece of information when it comes to every supplement in the world available in 3.2 seconds. That was like, I want the biggest database of all supplements available on a with a touch of a button. I was like, Justin, that's what do we want to build here? And building an app is difficult. There's a lot of coding. There's a lot of backs and like stuff. Sometimes the app is not working. It has glitches. There's problems. Right. But we have time to perfect that. And our like subscription rate on the app is extremely high. And people don't leave if the app doesn't work for like two or three days. Sometimes the app is not working perfectly. And that happens. But no one's leaving. No one's threatening us because there's nowhere else to go. And so it allows us to build perfect builds all the time without having to be worried about like a bigger competitor is like breathing down our neck all the time. So it helps you buy time, helps you build a more perfect product and you build products and you do things that your customers really want. Whereas when you're competing, you're more concerned with like beating your competition as opposed to actually talking to your end users and thinking about like, what is it that they want? So there's only benefits in doing that, right? And also at the same time, you make more money. And at the end of the table, like yeah. at the end of the discussion, that's really what it comes down to. You know, um, I always give people an example. I was speaking about this in my story, but uh, one of the most hyper-competitive markets right now in the world is airlines. Airlines are super hyper-competitive. There's not a lot of margin. So on average, an airline company will make anywhere from three cents to 30 cents, 30 cents being the top what they make per ticket. That's it. They don't make much more. So the problem is like a new airline company comes, you compete on 33, 4, 7, 8, 10 cents. There's not a lot of money to be made, right? So like right. You, it's very difficult industry to be in, right? So, um, but when you're in a, in, a, in, a, in a field where you're the only one, your profit actually, you have a full monopoly, not only on the market, but when you have a monopoly, you have a monopoly on all the profits available, right? 
in the supplement space is worth you know, $20, $25 billion right now, but there's no one who has a clear monopoly on it. The person that would have a clear monopoly would have monopoly over all the $20 billion or whatever the, whatever right, the worth is right. right now. And so it's not only profit uh, monopoly over the market, but also monopoly over the profits. And that's why you have a company like Amazon that's going to be worth a trillion dollars down the line. They have full monopoly over everyone that goes into e-com in this country and in the world will go on Amazon. They will not go anywhere else. They'll shop on Amazon at least once. Crazy. Yeah. That, that's, they have monopoly over profits. And that is, is a very profitable way to build a business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amazon is like a mind-blowing example, especially when they just came from selling books. Like it's, it's crazy how they have evolved. But, um, you know, something real quick that I wanted to touch on is that, you know, especially starting out, obviously, most people don't have a ton of money to spend. So um, just referring back to to my case, um, you know, I knew that I, I couldn't push all these brands and, and kind of carry everything that my competitor had. So, you know, I stuck to to three main brands. And, you know, like I said, I forced people to come to my store. Um, and essentially, you know, there was nowhere else for them to go, like, like you just mentioned. So, now today I, I'm the top selling account for for Blackstone in Ohio. There, I'm the top seller for Ohio, and um, you know people come from all over just to go to my store because not only do they want that product, but they don't want to wait on shipping. They don't want to talk to some some guy that really doesn't know anything on their customer support. They they want in store customer uh, relationships. So, um, like I said, it's it's very simple. Honestly, you you can really find answers without creating some crazy new um, strategy or whatever you want to call it. So it's um, a really a combination of both. You can either in, invent something new or you can bring back an old way, like I said, customer service is what I did, but then focus on a couple brands. And that's what worked well for me. Yeah. And that's a great example. Continuously thinking about how can I be the only one for this? You know, if you're in retail space asking for like uh, like exclusivity, it just like needs to be a thing. Can I get that? Can I get that? Because like if you build monopolies or not over over one brand, over several brands, you know, you're going to just like dominate that space. There's just like nowhere else to go, man. You know, yeah. like communist countries do that. It's this yeah. is a very communist way of thinking about it, by the way. This is not the typical American way, which is have a lot of... Com- I think that's great for consumers, but as I'm building a business, I'm like... Okay, man. Um, how do I? How am I the only one in this space? Okay, so I have a very simple thing that everyone has supplements already. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? I'm constantly thinking about how can I be the only one doing this, whether it's like in social, whether it's in content, whether it's doing podcasts with you, whether it's whatever we're doing is like I want to be the only one all the time, and that should be a, a, a dying passion if you want to stand out. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, with those brands, um, I especially Alphaline this year. It's my second top. Uh, second best-selling brand, that is one of my top search brands like on Google. So I will do that kind of research too. Like what brands are very trendy right now and what are people going to be searching in my area that they can't find around here? And that that's what I yep. focused on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that, that, that's crucial. But it should be, it should be part of the conversation. Um, and you should see a lot of things that we're going to talk about here is like, are you just, all you need to do is just think about it first. Because if the thought is not in your mind, if you're not thinking about these things, then you will just, you will go through life and never have known it. You know, sometimes um, when I do my podcast or I speak and people say, man, I just never thought about that. And that's all you need to do is you need to think about it. And just because this is, can be applied to any business. That's why we're talking about it. If we're talking about something that can be applied to your business or in your personal life, then probably Sean and I wouldn't talk about it. And I think that's really important. And so, um, and if, if there's people right now going into business 
thinking about like which which segment of the market they can build a monopoly in. And it's not necessarily about the industry because people say, I'm going to pick the right industry. Sure, that's part of it. But some uh, one person A can build a monopoly in one industry, whereas a person B cannot. It's also person to person, right? Um, we, we were talking about this concept, and this is going to be the title of this show, of this episode at least. Competition is for losers. And that is a, a term that's coined by Peter Thiel, one of the founders of, of PayPal, um, obviously one of the best uh, entrepreneurs of our generation. And he starts talking about, he's like, man, if I wanted competition, I would open another seafood restaurant or, you know, I would open up another seafood restaurant in Boston. I'm in Boston here. Like there's so many seafood restaurants here. Like everyone has one restaurants are huge, but like the more people there, margins are smaller, 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 smaller. You want cutthroat competition, man. Like you never want to go to sleep. You want to just work your ass off seven days a week and work for, you know, 2% or 5% or 6% or 30%, 30 cents margin. There's an industry out there for you can go. But if you say, okay, how do I monetize this as far as possible? How do I make sure I make as much wealth? How do I capture most of the profits? You got to find something that you can do where you can build a monopoly. And I think where he left the conversation where I would want to add, I was sitting there uh, you know, at his lecture. And, I, and one thing I wanted to have a little asterisk on it, which he talks about industries. And my, my concept is, well, different people can do different things in different industries, whether the industry is saturated or not, depending on who you are. So if right. like Dan Bilgerian starts like a magazine or like a social media, like, yeah, he can do it. Whereas someone else, I'm like, dude, you can't do that anymore. It's already done. It, it's right. too saturated. But right. he has the ability to create a monopoly because he has a background in it. Or, you know, we have people in our space, in supplement space that have done other supplements before. Then they start a new brand and all of a sudden they're everywhere. And it's because they can bring those contacts into the next brand they make. Yeah. So they can build a monopoly like that. Um, so it's also about the person and what skill sets and connections they have, and really critically thinking about, okay, I want to start this business. What kind of contacts uh, con- uh, contacts do I have in this business? How much do I know about this business? How uniquely positioned am I to actually dominate in this field or not? And if you don't, just think about, do you want to build a life where you're fully slaving away for like tiny margins? Or do you want to go into a space where you can dominate, even if it's like collecting stamps and selling it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Again, like when I started, this is just another example of of what you just said. So my, you know, you know me well enough. My my skills are are online and ecom and advertising, and you know, I knew that when I started, just my retail store traffic, it, it wouldn't be enough to for brands to give me um, an area exclusive. So starting out in a retail store with not a huge marketing budget, I, you know, didn't have a lot of traffic in store. So I focused online and combine my online sales with my in-store. So, you know, the brands, what do they care if I sell it online or, or in-store? They just know that I'm selling a bunch of units. So I basically focused online because I knew my I could grow there the quickest. And I basically combined my online sales with my in-store. And, you know, it's like, okay, you're moving this amount a month of Blackstone or per month of Blackstone. And they think I'm moving that. I mean, they know that I, I do both online and in-store, but Basically, it's like, look, you know, I even though I sell online and that's really where I got my traction from, you know, I can put marketing into my area and grow my store. So now I have both streams of revenue and I secured my all Northeast Ohio and Cleveland area for for those brands. So, you know, I I used my skills of marketing and and online rather than focusing on like, well, what am I going to do in my retail store when there's no traffic? I just found another way through you know, online to, to bring customers in store. Right. Right. And that's a, that, that's a great example. So 
Um, I think in your case, what it is, is just like first, like being consciously aware about this. So the first point I think of this entire uh, podcast is just making people aware about like thinking about these things in a different way than they maybe have never thought about it. You think about, okay, I go do MBA classes where I learn about create a business plan. Who are my competitors? How am I going to be better than my competitors? Pricing. And I think the big takeaway I have for all, you know, people that are just uh, listening who are entrepreneurs, if you're trying to compete on pricing, you're going to be fucked. Like it's just like, it's just not, not going to happen. I always talk about this and, and, you know, talk to brands all the time and they say, well, I'm like better, I'm better. I'm like, how would you like, well, BSN and explode. They sell it for 34 95. I sell it for 29. I was like, okay, so how many people are in your business? Say one. I was like, where is your business? He's like in my basement. And I was like, that's a problem. They're selling it for 32. They got 10,000 employees. You were selling yeah. it for a dollar cheaper and you got one employee. So they're like, wait, like, do you understand? Like if <laughs> you can't grow now, you're fucked. You just right. fucked yourself. So trying to compete, monopolies aren't are rarely ever. There's only one company that I know has done it really well, which is Walmart. But apart from that, like pricing is not a good way to build a monopoly. And that counts to everything else. Like even in your personal development, like, oh, I'm just like a little bit better than this person. Or I'm like, I look a little bit better. Like make sure that what you're better at is actually a real monopoly that only you can have. Like a real structural thing that is is only... Uh, personal to you like no one else can talk like this no one else can do this like this like i can because at some point as you're growing someone else is going to take you or like with pricing all it takes is just like another company that's just going to like charge like a dollar less and what are you going to do you're out of business now so i i don't i'm not really big on the whole pricing thing i, I feel like that's a big mistake that people make that's not your competitive yeah. advantage you know yeah and it's it's super relevant too for for supplements it's always a race to the bottom and that's why you know i I choose my brands that I carry very, um, you know, like I, I guess I take my time to pick my brands. I guess is what I'm saying. Like I, I have brands that very are very strict on their map pricing and, you know, have control of their pricing online and, you know, with retailers and things like that, because, you know, once, you know, just talking about my competitor locally, once he starts to lower his price, you know, I'm forced to do so because we're in an area, even though it's like a 25 minute drive, that's, that's not far for, for somebody around here to shop. So like, that's like a, just a real quick drive and people are cool with that, even if it's five bucks cheaper. So it's like the race to the bottom is, is completely against what I'm about as a retailer. Um, I carry only premium brands, at least try to. Um, and you know, people don't ask for discounts for me. Like a lot of other retailers are always giving out discounts. They never ask hardly. And if they do, then maybe I'll give one out. But it's like it, it never happens because they know I'm not about that. And I offer more than just, you know, the best price. So the race to the bottom is, is definitely not the way to go. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great, great, uh, great, great way to end. But also like when people sometimes ask me, Pretty, how do I know like when I have product to market fit, which they equate with having a monopoly? I think they're a very different thing. But like, how do I know? Like when I was like, this is a really a product that people want. I was like, you know, you can do a little test. Try to increase your pricing. And if you lose most of your customers, you don't have a monopoly. <laughs> so yeah. like try it. So yeah. sometimes like if you're a price sensitive company, you don't have a monopoly. People are just there because you're just a good pimp. Like uh, there's not, you're not, you don't have a brand yet that they care about. So you want to build a brand where like they just don't care. I sell a, a new traffic for 44, like crazy amounts sometimes. And like people just don't care because like there's just, um, that's how I want to not, I don't, don't want to be focused on the price. It's just not, a, it's not part of the business. Um, so again, thinking about that, um, I think it's very crucial. Um, as we finish off, um, Sean, I think a couple of big takeaways for people that have been listening. 
um, really thinking about uh, about life and about success strategically, thinking about like what makes you so good that you can be ignored, what makes you so good that you're not the best. The best is not what we want to go for. The being the best is for losers. It's like people who are real winners and people who dominate in our generation are the people who are the only ones. They're just like no one else is just them. And then they look around them, there's no one. They look behind them, there's no one. And in front of them, there's no one. And you want to be the next Google. You want to be the next Amazon. You want to be the next Apple. They have no competition. Microsoft does not really compete against Apple. Microsoft com- thinks they compete with Apple. Apple doesn't yeah. give a fuck. So, yeah. so that's, a, um, that's just like, uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a thing. So that's something I want to uh, impart, man. But uh, yeah, it was good having this episode, man. Yeah, I think it was a really good discussion. You know, something that a lot of people, especially starting off, can can take home and um, really use to to their advantage. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, so we will be back. And um, actually, before before I end, I will tell a little bonus story, which I heard, which was a story where um, actually one of um, um, a- Apple's the chief operating officer was in a, in, a, in a car with another guy. And they were talking. The guy was like, man, have you seen the Zune? The Zune is like, I was this other uh, MP3 player. And th- they're crushing it. They've got better technology, better speed. They're just a better. Have you guys seen like what's the you know the, the you know the iPod can't compete with that and Apple like the guy at Apple was like yeah I know they're way better than us but I don't give a fuck it doesn't matter like I don't care if they're better than us it's not important to us we don't think about them and it's funny because at Zune they were trying to build you know a company an MP3 player that was better than Apple's at Apple they never thought about it. they have never even used the Zune they don't give a fuck about it so right. it's a different mindset where Apple does not compete. You know, everyone else is trying to be Apple. Apple's just trying to be themselves. And look who right. is the market leader. So a, yeah. a big takeaway there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no point in wasting time on, on focusing on your competition when, you know, it takes time away from your own goals and then allows them time to, to catch up to you or pass you. So, yeah, focus on yourself for sure. Awesome. Good takeaway, man. And so for anyone, um, wherever you're listening to us, um, you can leave us a review uh, on iTunes. Um, check us out on YouTube. If you have questions, you can go on the uh, NutriFit. Um, what's your, what's the best Instagram handle they can reach you on? I know you got a personal, but also NutriFit one. What's the, where can they reach you for questions? Yeah, uh, all social media handles are NutriFit CLE, and then our website is nfsubs.com. Cool. So um, I will not give people my handle because my name is really long. So if you go just at Seeking Azith, um, you can uh, drop a DM in there. Uh, my good friend Jesse will respond and I will see it. If you have questions, uh, there is a text service number on this uh, 29071, which is Truth Bomb. You text it in, uh, you'll be subscribed. Any episodes that come out, you'll be first to know. And you can also text it in with any questions. And if some of the questions are good enough, we'll get you guys on the show. All right, Sean, it's really good to have you on, man. And uh, we'll do more of these soon. Cool, man. Talk soon.